Welcome to the I Crush Barbecue Show. I'm your host, Abe Delgado, and we have a great episode for you today. But before we get started, I'd like to announce the winners of our second giveaway. First of all, thanks to everybody that participated. Really appreciate that. The winners of our autographed copies of Smoked are Pops Post and Moto Jair 448. Congratulations. This is a great book. It's autographed by Ed Randolph, and there's a ton of recipes in there by a lot of folks that you'll definitely recognize. If you haven't got the book yet, please do so. You will definitely enjoy it. The winners, please message me uh, with your address, and I will get that book mailed out to you this week. All right, back to the episode. In this, uh, in this episode, I chat with Aaron Rahino of Rahino Barbecue, located in Olton, Texas. That's uh, just outside of Lubbock, in between Lubbock and Amarillo. So, this is a small town. Uh, this was my first phone interview, and the audio didn't come out so great, so I apologize ahead of time here. I have some work to do with my virtual interviews, but uh, I'll, I'll nail them down soon. I recorded this episode a few weeks back. They've just been named to the top 25 new barbecue joints by Texas Monthly Magazine. We talk about how this husband and wife team started Rahino's and how their family has played a huge part in their success. We chat about how they can keep a small town of just 2,100 population excited and coming back on a weekly basis. This is such a cool story about a family and hard work. I hope you enjoy it. This is Rahino Barbecue. Today I am chatting with Aaron Rahino of Rahino Barbecue in Olton, Texas. What's up, buddy? How are you today? I'm good, man. How are you? Man, I'm fantastic. Welcome to the show. Congratulations to you. You've just recently been named a top 25 new joint in Texas by Texas Monthly Magazine. Congratulations, bud. Thank you. Thank you so much. You uh, honor. Yeah, what what does that mean to you guys? Man, it means it means a lot. Uh, mainly, I mean, the big thing is is it's uh, it's a huge honor just to be on the list with uh, a lot of the names that are on there. That's the biggest thing to us is is to you know be able to say that we're up there with with the likes of so many big names in barbecue, and uh, just fortunate and uh, grateful to. To just be able to uh, have been mentioned along those other names in in, in the barbecue uh, barbecue world, so it's a tremendous honor, and uh, our family is very very thankful to be on that list. Yeah, man, I'm I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty excited for you guys. I'm you know being a West Texas boy myself, and uh, you know we've been wanting to get together for a while now. I know ever since I chatted with Embers. Back in uh, December, I've been wanting to get you on the podcast, so yeah. I'm glad to finally have you on, buddy. So let's let's tell uh, let's tell everybody a little bit about you. I mean, uh, it's you and your wife. It's a husband and wife team. Yep, uh huh. It's uh, me and me and Christina. Okay. Uh, we do have uh, that. You know, that you know, we're the one to own the business, but mm-hmm. um, our our whole family is what what makes it happen. 
and so uh, we have a lot of help from all of all of our family to to get everything done and, and prepped and all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, me and Christina are the, the main ones. And you guys are out in Olton, Texas, kind of out in the middle of nowhere, right? Yeah, we're we're kind of, uh, we like to say, in the middle of Lubbock and Amarillo. Okay. Um, about an, an hour away from each one of those, just kind of right in the middle, about 25 minutes away from I-27. Okay. And are you uh, are you both from the area? Are you both from Olton? Are you born and raised there? Or? I was born here in Olton. Uh, I wasn't born in Olton. I was born in Lubbock, but I was raised here in Olton uh, my whole life. And uh, Christina was actually uh, raised in Leveland. So okay. we're both from, from the West Texas area. Okay. And uh, do you guys have any kiddos? We do. We have a five-year-old, four-year-old, and uh, both girls, Ella and Olivia. Awesome. Talk to us a little bit about how you guys got started and uh, what were your, your influences and, and what, what got you to this point? Well, uh, growing up, I mean, we always took barbecue um i mean that would be anything from uh chicken legs and chicken thighs to pork butts and briskets and all that kind of stuff uh i grew up uh using you know mesquite and heavy smoke and the wider the smoke was the better we thought it was back then and <laughs> um and so uh you know, just always you know, on the weekends and really not even just the weekends we would do it probably just about every four or five days a week, really. And so we've always cooked barbecue as a family. It's always been a thing. You know, our family's really close, and uh, we always just find any little reason to get together and hang out. Um, one day, one of my brothers was like, why don't we just enter a barbecue competition uh, just to have fun and get together and hang out? And so we wanted, for some reason, I don't know why, for it to be a legit competition so we looked for the closest kcbs barbecue competition like as far as the date like when the closest one was going to be and so we found one in pueblo colorado and so a lot of us had never been to colorado we wanted to do a competition so we were like why don't we just go do that and so uh we went up there and taking all of our little tiny little grills up there and it was kind of funny to see everybody else up there with trailers and all of that sort of thing. But we went up there and we, we had a good time and we actually got the perfect 180, the, the perfect KCBS 180 score in our port bus. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, it was pretty It was pretty wild. It was funny because we did our brisket, you know, the way we do it here in Texas, and one of the comments was that it was too smoky. So we thought that was kind of funny. After that, we were like, man, I think we can, we can kind of do this. And um, everybody else was kind of like, well, I think it was just a one-time thing for us, but I kind of wanted to just keep it going. I was like, man, this is fun, and I think that we're, we could be pretty good at it. What, what year so was after, what year was that? That was, that was in probably 2013. Okay. At that and, point, uh, at that point, had you already done like pop-ups or anything like that? No, 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 we hadn't done anything like that yet. Okay. And when we got back, we kind of did a, a couple of small competitions here and there, but we really didn't ever place again. And uh, I was just spending a ton of money on all that kind of stuff. So I was like, no, nah, we better not do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my wife um, had actually got, uh, we're huge Houston Texans fans. Uh, I'm sorry, Texans. by the way. I'm sorry. Cow- cow- <laughs> cowboy fan here. So. Oh, man. <laughs> we can continue, so, though. <laughs> <laughs> she, got, she surprised me with some tickets. 
to go to a game down there. And uh, we went down to Houston, and I've always been into food, ranging from Asian to barbecue to Mexican food. I just love food. Yeah. And so uh, when we were in our hotel, uh, we got there the first day. I was like on Yelp looking for different things to try down there. And so uh, a name kept popping up like on everything that I would search, and it was Killer's Barbecue. Yep. And so I was like, everybody's talking about this place, and they're saying it's the best barbecue in their life. And, and of course, me, you know, growing up around barbecue, I'm like, let's go check it out. Let's just see if it's better than ours. And when we got there, we got saw that we had to get there early, which we had never experienced anything like that at the time here in West Texas, or I had never experienced it, of having to get to a restaurant early before it even opened. <laughs> and so I was like, so I was like, man, that's going to be kind of kind of weird, like just standing there waiting for them to open the doors. Like that's going to make us look like a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> and so uh, you know, Pearland is a little out of. Uh, uh, Houston. So we drive down and we get we get to the restaurant at nine thirty. This was on a on a Saturday, and we get there at nine thirty. There's probably we we drive up to it and we see the line has probably has about at least seventy five people in line already. <laughs> now I was, I was I was just like, what in the world is going on here? I was so blown away by people waiting in line that early to just eat some barbecue. I mean, I had never seen anything like that before. And so uh, we get off the car, and as soon as I open the door, I the smell is completely different from what I was used to with the mesquite. And so I was like, I don't know what that is, but that is not mesquite. And it smells amazing. I was like, that smells so good. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I was trying to figure out, like, I, I, I've known hickory before, and that's definitely not hickory. But other than that, I had never really smelled anything else, like the palm wood or cherry wood or anything like that. So I was pretty excited uh, to uh, try it out. And so we were in line, and uh, that was our very first line experience. And um, people, they had somebody bringing out, you know, cups of beer and, and water. It was already a pretty warm day. And so we were just talking to people online, and I mean, that was our first time to ever do that. And we thought that was one of the coolest things, and people were asking us where we were from. And of course, no one had ever heard of Olsen before. Uh, and so we had to explain how to get here, and we were close to Lovelock and all that kind of thing. And so anyway, we finally got into the restaurant, and we were able to order. And when I got up to the line to order, I was like, so blown away by the way they were doing things. You know, brisket being sliced right there in front of you. All the meats right there, huge beef ribs. And at, to that point, I had never had a beef rib before or even really seen one that big. And so it was just like an overload, so much going on that day. And so we were finally able to, to sit down to eat our food that we had waited so long for. And I took that very first bite. And after that very, very first bite, I was completely blown away. Um, the, the weight was so worth it. And it was all flavors that I had never, ever had before. Mm-hmm. And so whenever we finished that meal, I told my wife, I said, I have to learn how to do this. I have to learn how to make our barbecue taste like this. And, you know, we, we ended up going home and, and back back to Plainview. And um, so I bought a, uh, I started to watch some, you know, uh, Franklin videos on YouTube. And I just kind of started to play around with some things. And I had a uh, Weber kettle grill. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I just bought a brisket from the grocery store. And, and I was like, let me just try smoking a brisket on this uh, small uh, Weber. 
And so we, I did that, and it wasn't very good. I put all kinds of crazy stuff on there, chili powder, and, uh, all kinds of random stuff that I had there at the house. Well, we and we had to eat it, right? We couldn't just throw it away. Mm. And so we drowned that sucker in barbecue sauce and and, and just swallowed it down. But um, <laughs> after that, it was really just diving into uh, the Franklin videos and whatever they said it was salt and pepper only. I was like, what? There's no way. There's no way that that brisket can be like that from just salt and pepper. And so we went through a lot of bad brisket before we started to get to good brisket. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just kept trying and kept trying. And finally somebody asked us, like, hey, would you cook a brisket for my mom's birthday? And I was like, are you sure you want me to do that for you? And so uh, they said, yeah, yeah. We, I mean, so we were always inviting everybody over to the house and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. so... Uh, we cooked it for them, and, and they said, you know, once they were done, and they let us know, man, it was really good. Uh, everybody at the party loved it. Um, you may be getting some calls, and you were like, yeah, you know, I'm we're glad you enjoyed it, but I'm sure no one's going to call us to do that again. And so we actually ended up just getting more calls, you know, just from little things like that, like uh, for Mother's Day and Father's Day. And it was just always like one brisket or two briskets. It wasn't anything, you know, too crazy. And then um, a little after that, my uh, uncle had given me a... Uh, a small offset that one of my other uncles had welded together. And this was a, I mean, it could probably only fit about two briskets on there. And it was all rusted out, and there was a bunch of holes in it from sitting out in the rain and stuff like that. So uh, me and my brother, Ismo, we uh, patched it up and uh, welded it all back together. And I tried to make a brisket on there for the very first time, and we saw a bunch of white smoke coming out of that again. And we were like, man, that's going to be so good. And uh, man, that sucker is smoking like crazy, and it's going to be so awesome. <laughs> Well, after about eight or nine hours of it smoking, we pull it off and it still wasn't even done. Like it was still really red on the inside. So we ended up didn't even eating it till like the very next day. We had to put it in the oven and all that kind of stuff. After that, I was like, man, I really think that we need to get a real smoker. Like, I think that that's the, the biggest thing that we kind of need to do. And so my wife was like, no, we don't need to buy a smoke. We're not going to competitions anymore. You know, we're not doing any of that type of stuff. So I don't know why we would need a huge smoker. And at that time, we weren't really making any money off the brisket we were selling. It was just like, hey, bring it over and I'll cook it for you. And he was bringing me the, the pan you want to put in. And, you know, that's really it. Mm-hmm. We just kind of wanted to practice. So once we got that smoker, uh, the smaller one, we practiced on that for a little bit, and it just really wasn't working out. And so on my way home from work every day, I would drive by this gentleman's house, uh, and I saw a trailer. It was on a, it was a 250-gallon smoker on a trailer, and it was just sitting there. And I had passed by it for years and years, and I don't know why it caught my attention one day, but it just finally did. And I passed by it for about two more weeks, and I told my wife about it, and I said, I bet he'll take a really good deal on it because it's just sitting there. He's not even using it. And I stopped by his house one day, and this was uh, a gentleman named uh, Lance Moore, and he actually took a barbecue in Plainview. And uh, his, his, his place is called West Texas Pitmasters. He's really into the competition scene and all that kind of stuff. Mm, okay. And so I, I talked to him one day, and he was like, well, I kind of don't want to sell it, uh, but if I had to, I'd probably, um, you know, ask 2000 for it. And I was like, okay, well, uh, in my head, I knew that my wife was uh, going to definitely shoot that idea down. <laughs> um, 
And so I told her, she was like, yeah, there's no way we're going to buy that for $2,000. And so I was like, okay. So I just waited a little longer. And so finally I, I, I passed by there again. I was like, would you ever consider going a little, little down the price? And uh, he was like, well, I, you called me at the right time. I'm actually about to leave on vacation uh, tomorrow. And I think I'd like some extra spending money. So he gave it to me for uh, $1,500. And so uh, we, we ended up getting it and, and got a really good deal on that. Man, and, uh, what a deal. Yeah, yeah. And it, it needed some work. And, you know, we one of the doors uh, to the chamber had fallen off. And like I said, it hadn't been used in years. So it really needed a really good cleaning. But, I mean, it was a 250-gallon on a trailer. And so if you know, the, if you know what those are going for now, I think 1500 is a pretty good deal yeah it's a steal for sure yeah. yeah and so we painted it and you know i used about 50 cans of spray paint to re-spray paint the, the smoker itself and so i just fired it up and just started using it i would put some ribs on there and uh some pork butt and i really didn't want to get into the brisket right off right off the bat but i just started playing around with that and and uh so finally, my sister was going to have something with, with her family and feeding and brisket stuff. And I was like, she asked me to do it. And I was, I told her, I said, I've never cooked in brisket that one time before. I don't know how to do that. And so she was like, no, it'll be fine. You're going to, I mean, it, it's just for us. So I'm sure you're going to do great with it. And, and so I was like, well, I mean, if you, if you want me to do it, I'll do it. And so that was my, my very first time to ever cook like more than one brisket at a time. She and, had a lot of uh, she I had did, a lot of confidence in you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so we we cooked ten briskets and that was my very first time to kinda of do an overnight uh I wanted them to be fresh for her and at the time I didn't know anything about, you know, food warmers and kind of smoking the brisket the day before and sending it in the warmer. I know I didn't know anything about that kind of stuff, so I knew that I wanted it to be fresh for them. So I started, you know, that afternoon cooking for the next day, and that was my first overnight cook. And you know, at that time, I was wrapping the briskets in foil and all of that kind of stuff. I did the salt and pepper thing, like like the videos have shown, and, and you know, I kept the firebox, the fire burning clean. I had the door you know, kind of propped open. I didn't see a whole lot of white smoke, which was a good thing. Yeah, how did you uh, learn about point. about white smoke and clean smoke? I was going to say, had you already learned that by then? By then? Yeah, yeah, just probably just diving deeper into those videos and the Franklin uh, and Aaron Franklin book. Mm-hmm. Um, I read the book and uh, just continuously I started to figure out, hey, all that white smoke is not really doing us any good because uh, the food ain't, is not even cooking. It's just smoking. It's not like actually finishing inside. Mm-hmm. And so uh, so just through a bunch of bad brisket and stuff like that, that's how I kind of figured all that out. Um, and so I had to cook those two briskets for her, and I was like, I hope you enjoy them. Uh, if you don't, at least you know I told you that I didn't think I could do it. 
And so uh, she said there was a lot of people there at their get-together that really enjoyed it. And, and I got to taste uh, a little bite as I was slicing. And it tasted really, uh, really good. And it was a lot better from all of the other stuff I had ever made. Um, and so I was like, man, you know, this is, if I keep doing it this way, I think I could finally kind of have it to where, like, those other guys had it. After I went to Killings, I, I kept going to other places and and eating barbecue and trying out their stuff. And I was like, man, what do I got to do to get my barbecue to taste like that? And so just through a lot of practice and finally figuring out how to actually cook brisket, I think I was finally making some room there. Yeah, so so 2013, you did your, your first competition. What year was this that you got the, the 250 gallon and did this 10 brisket smoke? Um, probably February or March or so of 2015. Okay, so... At that moment was when you when you thought you know what I got something here right. What were you what were you doing for work at the time? I mean, because this was just at, at this time it was a hobby, right? Yeah, this was just something I was doing uh, if I got off of work early or if I was off uh, the weekend. But my job was I worked for a grocery store here in here in the West Texas area and uh, Panhandle there's a grocery store called uh, United Supermarket oh yeah mm-hmm. and uh, so I was an assistant manager for the deli area I've, I've, like I said I've always really loved food in the deli you know I really uh, got to work I was able to do some really cool things in the deli and it taught me a lot about you know running a business and, and how to do some things the right way, take care of food and, and temperature management and all of that sort of stuff and then just finding a, a set of people and that that was really able to teach me a lot of what I know today. That's what I was doing. Uh, my wife actually at the same time was working for United as well. And whenever we, uh, when we found out we were going to have Ella, um, she took a little break from United. Um, and once we had Ella, uh, she took some time off. And uh, when she went back to uh, work, she actually went to be a bookkeeper at the church that we attend. Okay. And, and so she was able to be a little more flexible with her schedule um, in, in case we needed to go to a doctor's appointment or something like that. She was able to do that uh, pretty easily. She did that for, I guess, about two years till about 2018. Whenever she uh, she left that job to uh, be able to help help us a little more, and she still works a part time job for my brother Jack. My brother owns a store here in Olson, and mm-hmm. she helps uh, him out a few hours a, a day on Mondays and Tuesdays. And so, it really, my job at United helped me a lot with with what we're doing now. And also her job as is, is a bookkeeper really kind of has helped us. She has a lot of knowledge in the bookkeeping side of our business. And so both of those jobs really prepared us for what was coming. We didn't even really know what was coming, but those two jobs are really helping us get ready for, for what was coming. Yeah, isn't that cool how that work that works out? Yeah, so, you know, I know it was that, that uh, tin brisket cook. What, what happened next? You know, I guess that gave you the motivation, right? Right. So after that, we got a, we we started a, a Facebook page. We started our Brasino Barbecue Facebook page. And as we would just cook here at home, if I made a brisket or if I made some ribs, I would post about it um, here at home. And and that's whenever I started to follow a lot of the barbecue places on on social media. 
Mm-hmm. And and I started to see how they were they would do things and I really don't remember who it was, but I saw somebody that had a pop up. They mm-hmm. said, We're gonna have a pop up here. It was a restaurant, so we're having a pop up at this other restaurant and I thought that was a pretty cool deal. I was like, somebody just goes and sets up at another restaurant while they're closed, they sell their own food and they get to keep the money and I'm sure they give a little bit to the owner of the building. And so I was like, I think maybe we want to try that. And so uh, my mom actually owns a restaurant about 10 miles from where we live here in Oakland. Mm-hmm. And that's called Wilma's Kitchen. And so uh, she's, almost, she's only open Monday through Friday. And so I told her, hey, would you let me cook a whole bunch of briskets and stuff like that here at your restaurant? And I'll sell them on, on a Saturday. I'll sell everything on a Saturday. When you're closed, you won't, you know, I'm not going to be in your way or anything like that. But I would just post about it. I'll put up a little sign outside the restaurant saying, like, you know, Regino Barbecue is here today. It's not willing to kiss in. And she was like, yeah. So we did that. We set up uh, our smoker over there. And I cooked, like, three briskets and, like, I think, like, three racks of ribs. And at the time, that was all I was cooking because I didn't. At the time, I didn't know anything about turkey breast. I really didn't know a whole lot about sausage or anything like that. So it was just brisket and ribs was all I I knew. And uh, I didn't didn't really think anybody would like pork, but uh, I thought that was just maybe a, a Latino family thing. So I was, no, we won't we won't do that. Uh, we had our pop up, and I think we only sold like one brisket and like one rack of ribs. And so I was like, man, that's that's pretty tough. And so, but uh, the food was good. We tasted it. I mean, and everything. We felt like it was a really good product, and we, for whatever reason, I mean, we just didn't have the following at the time, and, mm-hmm. and and so we ended up having brisket and ribs for leftovers for like two weeks straight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so we about two months later we tried it again and in between that time we were really trying to hype up our facebook page and uh, really posting a lot of pictures and we even put up signs like in the grocery at the time we had a grocery store here in olden uh, we would put up signs at, at the gas station at the grocery store talking about our pop-up and everybody that would see it they were like what's a pop-up I'm like what is that what do you mean you're popping up at Wilma's Kitchen? So that was a whole different thing to have to explain uh, to everyone here in Olden what a pop-up was. And so we did it again, and I cooked the same amount, uh, but except this time I added pork butt into the mix. And so we hopped it up so much for like two months straight that we actually sold out in about an hour. Wow. And which, which <laughs> was crazy for us. You know, we had never really experienced anything like that before. Mm-hmm. So we thought that was pretty cool, but like I said, that, that restaurant was about 10 miles away from from where we are. So here in West Texas, 10 miles is a, is a little bit of a drive in, you know, in Austin and places like that. I'm sure it's just like, hey, that's just another part of Austin. <laughs> uh, but, you know, a lot of people from uh, Olsen didn't go. It was just people that lived in that little community that went. And so I was like, I really want to bring that experience that I had and the, the way we felt. I really want to bring that to Olsen. And I want people in Olsen to be able to kind of have that same experience. And so we decided um, that we were going to do a pop-up just right outside of our house, right in front of our garage. And when I told my family about it, they were like, it's going to be really weird. Like, who's going to come to your house and get barbecue just from your house? Like, I don't even know if that people would think that that's sanitary or... Uh, anything like that. And here in Olsen, in, in, especially like in this area, there's not a lot of rules like you see like in California and 
in bigger teams and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, so we thought that, that I thought it was a good idea, and everybody was telling me, "No, like you're a weirdo for wanting to sell food in your house. People are gonna think you're weird." And so I was like, "No, no, it's gonna work. It's gonna work. It's gonna work." So we we waited about a month from that pop up in Earth at my mom's restaurant. And so we did it. We we had uh, one tent uh, in front of our house, just a tent from like Academy, and I had made six briskets. I did brisket only. And uh, I got some buns. Uh, we were going to make sandwiches only, uh, brisket sandwiches. And I had bought, like, one of those variety packages of chips that had, like, Cheetos and Doritos and Funyuns and all that kind of stuff in it. And, just, you know, at the time, I didn't know anything. I really didn't know, you know, a whole lot about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we we hyped it up. We hyped it up. And we actually, it was a perfect day for it. I had been up all night uh, smoking the brisket, and I had put it in a cooler. Um, I would pulled it off around 8 a.m., and I put the briskets in a cooler, and I got a cutting board, and I was just, I was like, at 11, you know, we're going to open, and there's going to be a huge line. I know it. So at 11 o'clock, I got here, and there was no one in line. Oh, um, man. Yeah. <laughs> And by around 11.30, people started to just drive by. Um, and they first, at the, at the first, they thought I was having a garage sale or something. They uh, were like, hey, what time is the garage sale open? And I'm like, well, <laughs> this, <laughs> because like I said, I mean, nothing like that had ever been done here. Yeah. And so, and so I was like, well, this isn't a garage sale, uh, but I'm selling brisket sandwiches. And they're like, yeah, well, we'll take one or we'll take two or whatever. And so we did a brisket sandwich, chips, and a canned drink. I think we did it for like six bucks. So after, you know, a car would drive by and we would see another car here and they'd be like, well, what's going on? And so we ended up selling out in, a, in about an hour. Wow. Um, after, the, after, after our first customer, yeah. And so I was like, this is so awesome. And like how people trust us enough to come to our house and buy these stuff. And so after that, I told my family, see, I'm not weird. Like, this is going to work. Like, people do this kind of thing in bigger cities. And so we did about two more pop-ups here at the house. And they they went really good. Uh, we sold, uh, I think, about six briskets each time. And, and so my mom, like I said, she had a restaurant, but she had somehow acquired a small food trailer. And it was just sitting at her house. Finally, I thought I was like, hey, since you're not doing anything with that trailer, would you, do you mind if I just try to use it and, uh, and see if I can, see if I can sell food out of it? Man, it it seems like everything was just meant to be. Everything was just falling into place for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, conveniently, there's a space for you to use. There's now a food trailer. Like man, that's pretty. That's pretty crazy, man. If you think about yeah, it. Yeah, it, it it it's definitely. Uh, I mean, this whole thing really from the beginning, from the very beginning until now, it's it, it's been a really you know it's all been God, and, and and there's no really no other way to explain how everything has happened. Yeah. Um. And so, um, you know, we're really thankful, and and none of this would be possible without Him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, and so we, uh, she had the trailer there, and I, I was expecting her to say like, "Yeah, you can use it for a little bit, but I'll need it back." Or, like, "Yeah, you can use it. And if you see it's going good, you can pay me back for it." She was like, "No, you can just have it." And I was like, "Are you sure?" And she was like, "Yeah, you can have it. I'm not doing anything with it." And so oh, this was a, it's a, it's, it was a 15 foot trailer, 
by like I think it's seven and a half. It's only seven and a half feet wide. Mm-hmm. And so it was some the person who had it sold hot dogs out of it. And I don't know how they did that because uh, this thing was so tiny. Mm-hmm. Um, in the middle of it, there was a wall, and you couldn't go past that wall. I'm not sure why that wall was there. So you could only use about seven feet of the trailer. And so we we took everything out of there. Uh, we cleaned it out, and there was a big, like, weenie dog in a hot dog bun painted on the side of it. It was, like, neon green, neon orange, neon pink. And so I was like, we before we serve any food out of this, we got to get this weenie dog off the, off the trailer. <laughs> And so, uh, so we painted it white. We spray painted it all white, and uh, we welded just a little makeshift table inside of that trailer. Um, and like, like I said, at this time where there was no, we didn't have any kind of permits. We didn't have um, any kind of certifications or anything like that. This was just a, a trailer, and we parked it in front of my house again. Um, I was like, well, people are coming to the house. Uh, why is there? Why should we go somewhere else right now? And so uh, we got it all ready, and we had our first pop up here at our house out of the trailer, and it went really good. I mean, we were in really, really tight quarters in there. It wasn't wired up for electricity or anything, so uh, we had about 15 extension cords running out of that thing, <laughs> running into just different outlets in my house. <laughs> yeah, we we had extension cords everywhere, <laughs> and so, but it went really good. And so, um, you know, at the when you do pop ups, you, you really don't profit a, a whole whole lot at the time because at the time we weren't really charging a whole lot for the food because it was really just kind of a hobby at the time. We were both still working full time jobs, and we just really wanted people to taste what we were making and just just kind of bring that experience to all. Uh, at the time, there was no food trucks here at all or food trailers or or anything like that. It was just sit-down restaurants and that's it. We just wanted people to taste what we were cooking, and that was really the main thing. Yeah. Um, and so after we did a couple of those, we got a couple of catering requests and just small things, and um, we would get another catering request, and then we did another pop-up. I mean that our first pop up was in June of 2017. Okay. Um, and so that's whenever we had our first pop up with with the tent. From June all the way until about March of 2018, we were doing little caterings and just popping up here in front of the house. What What were you cooking at the time? Had your menu expanded, or were you still? Um... Yeah, we we were cooking the brisket. We were cooking ribs. Um, and we had finally able, we were finally able to get a hold of some turkey bread. Uh-huh. Um, and so I had never cooked it before. And so that, that took a little getting used to, um, making sure that we weren't drawing it out or anything like that. But once they finally started to offer it, people didn't get it. I was having to give the turkey away for free because people were like, smoke turkey. Like, why would, you know, why would we order that? You know, like. <laughs> it's just not something that was people were used to getting here, mm-hmm. um, or even being offered that. At this point, were you already cooking with uh, with post oak, or were you cooking with a different type of wood? Yes, we, we were using oak wood. Yes, oak wood. Uh, we were able we were able to uh, to find a guy in Lubbock that carried oak in uh, oak. I would go um, one time to pick up like a half quart of wood, and he would just go in the back of my pickup. 
mm-hmm. and that would last me for two or three months at the time. So um, mm-hmm. I was able to get oak, and and people people would tell me like after I eat your brisket or your your barbecue, I don't have heartburn or I'm not burping it up all day. And so that was something new for people because around here a lot of people use this cheap. Um, especially here in small town West Texas, mm-hmm. and, uh, that was that was something new to them, and they really liked that. That they weren't going to be burping up mesquite smoke for the next couple of days, and so that that was going really well for us and, and for them as well. And and at this point, do you still have that two hundred and fifty gallon smoker? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're st- we're still only cooking on the on the two hundred fifty gallons, um, and so we're getting to the point where. I'm making like six or seven briskets. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't do too many ribs, but we were running out of brisket. We were starting to actually run out and sell out of brisket. Mm-hmm. And so at that time, I was. This was about I want to say January, January of 2018, um, and we had been doing pop-ups all the way from June until then. I told my wife, I was like, I think that it's probably time to get a, a little bit bigger of a smoke. And uh, she was like. I don't think we need another smoker. You you have that one and it's paid for and you know, this isn't like our full time jobs. We're not having to make a, number one, you're not making a whole lot of money on what we're doing right now anyway. I don't know that we need another smoker and I was like, Well, I really just that's whenever I finally started to see like insulated smokers. Mm-hmm. I hadn't I had never seen smokers with insulated fireboxes. That's whenever, like, Moberg had just kind of started to take off a little bit, and I started to follow H.H. Dustin Cookers, and um, I was like, why are those fireboxes so big? Mm -hmm. Um, I had never seen anything like that before. And so here, so, like, from November until January, I was cooking in an uninsulated firebox, and it was, uh, we had a really cold winter that year, and I was really, really having to use a lot of wood, and it was, it was really hard. I mean, I'm glad I used that smoke in the beginning because it taught me so much about fire management and airflow and all of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that smoker really helped me get to where, where I am today. But I was like, man, this is getting to be too hard here in the winter. And so I finally convinced her to let me order a smoker. And at the time, AJ was, he was only like 100 days out. Um, at the time I had asked Moberg how much, how long it would be. And it was going to be like four months at the time, which considering now, I think four months, anybody would wait for a Moberg, but now he's up to like two years or something like that on the waiting list. But, mm-hmm. um, so I was like, no, I can't wait four months long. That's going to be too long. So I got, uh, AJ custom cookers. Uh, he did it for me and we got that smoker in March. That was in March of 2018. And uh, like I said a little bit earlier, my brother owns a store here in Alton, mm-hmm. and they sell a bunch of different things. They bunch they sell uh, home decor and they sell fresh flowers and and just all kinds of things at his store. And he has a really really good business there. But right next to his business, there's a huge lot, and it's really empty. There were some buildings that used to be there, but they knocked them down. And so it was just this empty lot, and no one really took care of it. The grass was, like, out of control. We would mow it just to keep his store from looking kind of crazy from time to time. Mm-hmm. And so he was going to have this huge event, and I, I told him, I said, hey, why don't you let me set up our trailer over there in that lot um, and also brisket sandwiches? I mean, because it's going to be, like, at 10 in the morning. As soon as they're done going into your store, I bet they're going to be hungry. Uh, he was like, yeah, that's a really good idea. And so uh, I cooked six briskets for that. 
this was in March, so it was still kind of chilly outside. And, but I could see where it, there was a, whenever we got to pull up with our trailer, there was already a line of about 100 people waiting to get inside of his store. Jeez. So we pull up with our trailer and we're starting to get ready. And I told my wife, there's no way these, like, we're going to sell out in like 20 minutes. There's already 100 people here. And even only a 40 people come by. That's probably going to put us out of brisket, like, super fast. That's all we made for that time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we actually sold out in about 45 minutes. Wow. Uh, and, but that, that was the major, that event right there in that lot was the major turning point. That was the major thing that was, like, for me in my head, okay, like, we can do this. Mm-hmm. You know, we we can do it. Like, this is something huge that just happened. For me, I was like, this is it. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to do this. Uh, there's no, like, looking back now, this is this is what we got to do. Mm-hmm. I was the... And right then, that's the number started to convince my wife, like, we can do this. We make, if we just up our prices a little bit to where we can actually make the money, we're going to be fine. And so I had to do a lot of convincing with her, but that was in March of 2018. Mm-hmm. And after that, we were waiting about a month between each pop-up. Uh, but after that, we were doing a pop-up like two or three times a month. And so we were right there in that lot, which that lot is, is where we're in now. And so I told my brother, I said, I wonder how much it would be to buy this property. Because mm-hmm. at the time, it wasn't, it, it belonged to the city of Olton. And so it was three lots right there. And I said, ask him how much that, that property is. He called them, and, and I think they said the, the property is only like $250 a lot. And so for like $700, he purchased that whole area. For the lot? And, 250 per lot? Yeah, so there's three lots right there, <laughs> like three. And so he bought all of that for just, you know, under $1,000. Wow. And so he was like, you know, I bought, I, I bought that land. And he's like, if you ever want to just set up there, you can. You know, I'm not going to do anything with it right now or anything. So if you want, if you, whenever you guys want to set up your trailer there, you're more than welcome. And I was, uh, I was like, yeah, that's going to be our spot. Like, that's, that's where we're going to put our trailer. And so that was in March of 2018. And we got our smoker shortly after that, after that huge event that we did. And so we brought our smoker home and, uh, it took me a little bit to kind of get used to that, uh, the insulated firebox and like the smoker was running way too hot compared to what I had to run it. So it took, it took me really a little bit to kind of get used to using it and stuff like that. And so we actually didn't have a pop up or anything like till May. My brother was having another huge kind of event at his store for single and mile that year, which was in 28. And uh, he's like, why don't you guys come out and, and for single and mile on, uh, on on May 5th, we'll have like a big party. I'm going to rent some bounce, uh, bounce houses for the kids to jump in. And we're going to just invite everybody in, in the whole community. If they want to come out, they can come out and have their kids jump on those things for free and we're going to be doing some cool giveaways and stuff like that. So I was like, okay. I had a huge smoker now, so we, we did a lot of different things. And my, my wife and my family were like, no, you're making way some food. Uh, there's no way you're going to sell all that kind of stuff. We got ready for that, and we, we did that event, and we made brisket. We made ribs. Uh, we were going to do brisket tacos and pulled pork tacos. And I made, that was our very, very first time to make our brisket jalapeno poppers. And so we made about 50 of those brisket jalapeno poppers, and they sold, like, within 10 minutes. 
people were, at the time we were only selling them for like, I think a dollar. And so people were buying 10, 15 at a time. That event was huge. So after that event on, on Cinco de Mile, I told my wife, I was like, this is really, really what we have to do. And I, and I think it took her a couple of those big events to kind of get her to kind of be open to it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I said, like, we just made um, money-wise, you know, it wasn't all profit, but we made what we both made together. We made that in one day, and, and our job would take the whole week to make that. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, not all of it was profit, of course. Uh, but I said, imagine if we could just do this two or three days a week and the rest of the week, we can just hang out with the girls and, uh, you know, just do, do fun stuff. And then we'll, we'll just work two or three days a week doing barbecue. And so I finally got her to get on board with the idea. And so I said, okay, so this is May 5th at the end of May. Cause we had for the month of May, we had like four catering schedule. People had scheduled us for catering graduation <laughs> and stuff like that. And so I was like, see, we do these catering. We won't, I mean, we won't always have catering, but, um, they're a good little boost in, in for, for money. And I said, if we could just set up two or three days a week, I think that we're going to be fine. And of course, this is me just like, trying to get out from, you know, a full-time job. And um, I was really enjoying this and, and, you know, slicing the meat uh, for people. And they had never, you know, kind of been around that before. And um, people were really enjoying it. And I was like, I know that we can do it. I know we can make this happen. And in her mind, she was thinking about, you know, health insurance and benefits. And that was that was her main concern uh, was all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I said, you know, I really think that going into the summer, I think we need to do it. I think we need to get the trailer all fixed up and, and, and ready to be inspected. And I think that going into June, we really need to, I think that's going to be the best time because if we're going into summer, people are going to want to be outside eating barbecue. And, you know, I think it's going to be the perfect time. And so she was like, okay. You know, I, I trust you, and, and I think that I think that you can do this. She said, "I'm not going to leave my job, but you, you, you know, you can go ahead and leave yours." And I was like, "Okay, cool." And so I was the one who carried the health insurance. And so uh, I, I told my boss, I was like, "You know, this." Uh, at the time, I was a, uh, um, I was no longer the assistant manager at United. I was the main deli manager for the United location I was working at. Mm-hmm. And so I told my boss, you know, this is what I'm thinking. Um, I think that at the end of May, I'm going to be leaving here. I'm going to pursue this opportunity that I have. I said, I'm having to ask a lot of days off. You know, there was, there was times where I was having to take vacations to kind of cover all the catering stuff we had going on. Mm-hmm. And so I'm having to ask off for a lot of days. And um, so I really think that I want to give this little business thing I want I want to be able to give it all, um, give it all, you know, all of my all of my effort, and if it don't work out, well, then at least I know that I tried, and uh, you know, I can maybe always come back if you'll have me. And they were really supportive of it. They're like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I mean, yeah, well, um, we we know that you you got some good going on, and so they were really supportive of it. And so we started to look into health insurance. On the up, we were like, you know, surely it can't be that expensive. And, and so my wife started to look around, and I got home from work, and they was like, everywhere I've looked for health coverage, it's going to be about $1,500 a month for, 
me, you, and the girl. And I was like, whoa, there's no way that we can do $1,500 a month on insurance. So we, we kind of got a little discouraged, and I was like, whoa, there's no way that we can do that. And so it finally became to the conclusion that I would I would stay at my job, but I found out that um, if I went part-time, like basically if I, moved, if, I, if I moved myself down from full-time to part-time, I got to keep my health insurance. And so that was a, a huge thing for us. Oh, you got uh, to we, keep it? Even yeah. Do, okay. So, yeah, so we got to keep our, our health insurance. The only thing was uh, was that I was going to have to stay working part-time. Mm-hmm. That's the route we went. And so I, uh, I, I told my boss, I'm going to go ahead and stay if, if you'll let me stay, but I'm only, I'm only going to be able to work on Mondays and Tuesdays. And so whenever I walked in to tell her that, I was expecting her to say, no, like, uh, I don't need you just on Mondays and Tuesdays. And so, but no, she was like, you know, we'll find something here for you to do. You know, we won't be able to have you in a management role, but we can have something for you to do on Mondays and Tuesdays. And she was really supportive, and and, and everybody at United was was uh, you know helpful so much along the way. And, yeah, and that's so, awesome. And so she let me stay on uh, part time, so I just worked Mondays and Tuesdays only to cover the cost of the health insurance, and then I was going to be off uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So that way we could be open on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and I could actually have maybe one day off on Sunday and then kind of do it all over again. So we we decided that in the 1st of June, we were going to go full-time um, with our full-time schedule as far as with Rahina Barbecue being open Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So that's whenever it started. Rahina Barbecue was uh, born on the, officially June of 2018. That's awesome. And your menu there, I mean, I know you, you guys kind of mix it up. You mentioned the the brisket jalapenos, which I, I see online all the time. And I'm like, dang, I can't wait to get down there to get some of those jalapenos. But I've also seen you guys do steaks and you do brown sugar pork belly burn-ins. And yeah, talk to us a little bit about your menu and, and your sides. Yeah, so here in Olton, uh it's a really small town. Uh, the population is just... 2000 you know to around 2000 people mm-hmm. and so in, in the beginning i wanted to be like all of the other uh, barbecue restaurants where we just did straight uh straight up meat uh side uh by the pound we'll do plates and we'll do sandwiches mm-hmm. well going into the summer we kind of figured out that you know people weren't just only going to want brisket and ribs and turkey and, and pork butt and so uh, we started, we had to get a little creative because what we were doing wasn't really, you know, getting a lot of people to come to visit us, you know, now that we had a full-time schedule of Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So uh, we started to do tacos and we started to do the jalapeno poppers. And so we started to do uh, some ribeyes every now and then. And we introduced pork belly a little bit. And, and people still to this day, uh, you know, they'll come by and they'll say, pork belly, pork belly. And so we kind of have to explain to them what it is, and we'll give them a little sample of that. Um, but, you know, really the main thing with our menu is, is that, you know, whenever you see pictures of our food, it's just, we. the main thing when we started was that we want to cook food that we want to eat. Mainly, it's just it's food we grew, we grew up eating. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's simple food. It's, uh, you know, potato salad, uh, some really good beans uh, with a lot of meat inside of the beans. We got bacon, brisket inside of the beans. Um, you know, I think our beans could be probably a, a, a meal on its own. But, you know, 
we do some different sides as far as like pasta salad. Um, we do an Italian pasta salad, a macaroni salad. And so we, we try to mix it up so that way the people here in Olsen just don't get burnt out on just the same stuff every Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. And so we, we, like, we like to keep it fresh and uh, people really love the tacos. We both, on, uh, on Thursday, we do a Tex-Mex menu um, where we do brisket. I mean, we'll have all of the, the meats that we usually do. Uh, but we'll have some Tex-Mex options in there. We do have uh, quesadillas. Uh, you can put brisket and pulled pork in the quesadillas, and we use a really good cheddar cheese with asadero, quesadilla cheese. And we'll do some tacos. And we just recently started to do a, uh, a, a smoked poblano pepper. We, we get the whole poblano, we put, we put it on the smoker, and we'll, when once it's done roasting, we'll open it up. And we'll fill it with brisket or pulled pork or whatever you like inside of it. And then we get our brisket queso. We, we pour that brisket queso on top of that. That's kind of like our version of a, a, a chile relleno. Nice. And, uh, yeah, we call that a, a chili relleno. Um, whenever, we, whenever, whenever we first said uh, about that, uh, Daniel Vaughn messaged us. And he's like, you guys are missing out on a great opportunity to call that a chili relleno. <laughs> and so, uh, so after that, we uh, we were able to adopt that name from him. You took his advice. So, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And so, yeah, we just try to like to keep it uh, fresh and, and just kind of change it up from time to time. So we just like to keep keep things moving and, and always kind of change it up a little bit so that way people don't get bored with it here in open. Yeah, that's awesome, man. It's, a, yeah. it's it's crazy what you've been able to accomplish in such a small town, you know, with to 2100 uh population yeah. um you know you guys are selling out consistently from all the trays that i see it looks like some delicious food and i see now you have a sign up there which is a great marketing idea that you guys put up there now everyone's coming up and taking pictures yeah we've just had that up you know just about a, a little over a week now and um yeah i mean so many people have come by to take a picture under it and even when we're not open, people are, are going by and taking pictures with it, and and they're sending them to our Facebook, and uh, you know, and people are so many people are going by, even when we're not even there to take a picture with it. Yeah, I can't yeah, wait to so be. I can't wait to to make the West Texas run. You know, you yeah. guys, you guys are out there now, and pit forks and uh, smoke rings, yeah, pit and, forks and smoke rings, and you got embers and. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys have a good crew out there, and I know you guys all support and help each other out, and I love that uh, about you guys. I know Embers kept talking very highly about you guys whenever I interviewed them back in uh, in December, so I'm glad to see that you guys all help each other out. Aaron, tell us a little something about you that maybe most people don't know. Oh, man. Um, most people probably uh, won't know. Um, I'm, I, I'm actually really into music. Um, and I'm at, a, at the church that we attend, I actually play on the worship band. Um, and so a lot of people probably don't know that about me, but yeah, I really, nice. we're really, really into music. And what and instruments do you play? Uh, I play bass guitar at the church and then, you know, I play a little guitar and I play a little drums as well, but bass guitar is my main, main instrument. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. That's one of those things, man. I always wish that I could. I, I played an instrument, you know, but I just uh, never got yeah. into it. I just really uh, uh, wanted to thank you very much for taking the time to speak with me. 
Uh, like I said, this is something that we've been wanting to do for a while, and it's it's just a treat that you guys were were named um, one of the top uh, twenty five new joints uh, by Texas Monthly. So again, congratulations on that, and you just keep doing what you're doing. Uh, but before uh, before too long, I'll be out there uh, to say hi in in person and to meet you and and Christina as well. And have awesome. Uh, where can people find you guys? Uh, yeah, we're uh, on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter uh, at Rahino Barbecue. So if you just type in at Rahino BBQ, you should be able to find us uh, fairly easy. And uh, we're here in Olton. Uh, our address is 514 8th Street. And we're open every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Open at 11, and we go until we don't have any more. <laughs> well, that's awesome. And that's... Rahino with the J, right? R E J I N O. R E J I N O. Yes, sir. So, all righty, my friend. Well, thanks again for taking the time to meet with me. Again, good luck to you, and uh, keep on cooking, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on. You bet. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the iCross Barbecue Show. Remember, if you like the show. Please subscribe, leave us a comment, and share with your friends. You can always find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at iCrushBBQShow. Or email us at iCrushBBQShow at gmail.com. Don't forget to tag us with your favorite picks. We'd love to see what you're crushing. Until next time, happy crushing! Happy crushing!